Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek. 916-633-1537. Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. People ask me, why do you say we read hood classics and good classics? And I'm like, I don't know. If I ever get famous enough to where I'm paying other people to do this shit for me, then it's going to be we. But at that point in time, then I'm an audio book company. Ah, where I read hood classics and good classics. Can't nobody do it like I can. Nasty moves. Harmony. After talking to Jason, dealing with Callie, I was tired of playing nice. So I decided to make a few moves that would force me to have to leave D.C. for good. I didn't have much family outside of my grandmother and my uncle who have been missing for a while now. Nigga, get it straight. Callie told you, uh... <laughs> when you ask him about the, the missing person, oh, you mean your uncle? Like, come on, they told you. Like, don't be like, ah, my uncle been missing for a few months now. Come on now. And I didn't know much about my father's side of the family, outside of an aunt who lived in Houston. But I had to get in contact with her somehow. I remember her coming by the house when I was younger to borrow money from daddy that never came back. Of course, she's also horrible. She used to bring me fake dolls that would always break the moment I touched them. His sister was a mooch, and I knew hell would have to freeze over before she changed. Her name was Angela Phillips, and unless she got married, that was going to have to be enough for me to find her. First, I needed to visit old man Grand today because I needed his help with my biggest play yet. People were going to remember my name when I finally left D.C., and I wasn't talking about Miss Burns, the nickname they tried to label me with either. You need to tell them bitches to stop calling my house, Shirley yelled. Trip called here ten times already. Whatever, Shirley, I said, ignoring her. I picked up the phone preparing to call Grand, but Trip was on the line. Harmony, she said in a low voice. I hadn't spoken to her since she got all upset about what Ebony had told her. I'm not mad at you no more, okay? Whatever, Trip. You believe something Ebony told you instead of believing a friend. You're right, and I'm sorry, but I can't talk about that now. Can you please come over to Constance's house? Constance? Constance's house. When Istanbul was Constantinople. See, that's what fucked me all up. It's Constance. And who the fuck names that kid Constance? Like, black people, do y'all know any Constances? Like, your name sounds like fucking consonant. Okay, first of all. It also sounds like continent. And you sound incontinent when you try to say Constance. 
constantly I'm fucking up on this name and I don't appreciate that shit at all. And I don't know any Constances. So to say this like this, Constance sounds like a fucking name from Bridgerton, to be honest with you. It sounds like something that the third and fourth prince and princess of Duke Westmeister would name their child. Please welcome Harry and Miriam and their daughter, Constance. Who the fuck names their kid Constance in D.C. in the 80s? You know what people were naming their kids in D.C. in the 80s? Mercedes. Lexus. They weren't naming their kids no fucking Constance. Cut that out. Also, this is a prime fucking setup. And if she can't see it yet, then she's dumber than I ever gave her credit for, which is a lot of credit because she's really a bad person and really dumb. Well, call Krayshawn. I ain't her man. Please, Harmony. She's over here saying she's going to kill herself and shit like that. I can't stay with her because I got to go pick up Evan from school. I swear I didn't feel like dealing with any of this shit. All right, I'm on my way. When I went into my room to get dressed, Shirley walked in. You ain't been tying up my line, have you? Because I still haven't heard from my son yet. No, I said, ignoring her again. If you were ignoring her, you wouldn't say no. Where the fuck are you going? If you must know, over Connie's, I said. I threw my stuff on and went to Constance's house and knocked on the door. When I got there, the door was wide open and I let myself in. She was in the living room sitting on the sofa rocking back and forth. I felt like I should go back out, but was nervous to do anything. Her hair was all over her head, and she was sitting in her dingy white panties and a red fitted t-shirt. Where's your mother, Connie? I said, walking up behind the sofa. She was quiet, and I walked deeper into the living room and then to the front of the sofa. That's when I saw the gun sitting on the couch next to her. She gonna shoot you, girl. I turned around to leave until she aimed the gun at me and said, Sit down, Harmony. I reluctantly walked back towards her. Sit over here, next to me. Then she started laughing, and I could finally see that her wrists had nicks in them. Do you know how to slit your wrists? She asked with wide eyes. Can you help me? She smiled crazily. No, Connie. I, I, I don't know how, I said nervously. Then what are you doing here, bitch? She asked. Since I know you don't care about nobody but yourself. I do care about people. Then why didn't you answer the phone when I called? Why weren't you there for me when Ebony got with my man? Do you know if they're still together to this day? To this day! She wiped the tears away and then gripped the gun tighter. Oh, so what? You gonna shoot me now? I asked, looking at the gun pointing in my direction. She was crying hysterically and said, No, I'm gonna shoot myself. I felt a little relieved, but would have preferred if nobody got shot at all. And if someone did, I didn't want to be anywhere around when it happened. Constance, please stop tripping. Let me call Krayshawn. I did already, she said, sobbing again. He said, fuck me. Can you believe that shit? After everything he did to me, he said, fuck me. Maybe if you call him a... Three, five, seven. Oh my God. I couldn't believe it. She actually shot herself right in front of me. I jumped up and backed into a table falling flat on my ass. Blood was everywhere and I had never seen anything like it before. All I knew was that I had to leave and get as far away from the situation as possible. And that's exactly what I did. Constance's suicide played over and over in my mind. She said her mother had a gun and that she knew how to use it, but I always thought she was lying. 
I had to leave D.C. now more than ever before. I didn't even bother to call the cops because I didn't want them to ask me questions. Plus, if Callie or Jace found out, they might think I was talking to the police about the girl instead of Connie's suicide. So I went home to change to get the blood off my clothes, and then I would go to Grand's house. I knew he would have some smoke and some liquor, and that's all I needed right now. I had been cool with Grand ever since I was a little girl, even though Callie was his uncle. Now I think about it, Grand told me a while back to stay away from his nephew. Wait, what? So Grand is Callie's uncle. So Callie is his nephew. But you put, I have been cool with Grant since I was a little girl, even though Callie was his uncle. Which makes no sense, because then Grant tells her to stay away from his nephew. But I never listened. When I was younger, Grant ran an ice cream truck that everyone loved to go to. But when I discovered that grown men preferred his treats more than kids, I found out what he really sold was weed. He got 10 years in prison for his little scheme and decided it was best to sell shit out of his house. Lately, he had been doing more smoking than selling, and I wonder how he even made a living. Since Grand had a weakness for young girls, namely me, I decided to put on my tight jeans. But the moment I zipped them up, I felt nauseous all over again. This was my first time being pregnant, so I was unsure if the nausea was going to last forever. When my jeans were on, I put on the red low-cut guest top he always complimented. Then I splashed on some perfume and looked at myself in the mirror. I was so thankful that my hair was way more manageable than my mother's or my grandmother's. It was almost like a white girl's, but a little curlier and thicker. Today, I decided to blow dry my shit straight so that when I moved, it will move too. Just like that. Also, I bet she's, um, what's her name's daughter? The one that shot her mama in the face way back at the party? You know, like chapter one and shit? I was on my way out the door when Shirley stopped me. Your school called again. They're sending someone over about what you had told that teacher. And, I said, pouring me a glass of ginger ale from the fridge. Afterwards, pouring vodka in my cup. Well, you can't stay here if they cause me problems, Harmony. I laughed in her face. Well, I guess I won't stay here then. She must have been out with her mind if she thought I was pressed to stay in her funky ass house. I'm out. I'll get up with you later, I continued, leaving out the door. It took me five minutes to walk to Grant's house. When I got there, I saw Callie and Jace talking to Crayshawn a few houses over. I wonder if he knew about his ex-girlfriend yet. Hey, Grant, I said when he opened the door. I took one last look at Callie, who was still staring me down, and closed the door behind me. Damn, girl, you looking good, and you got on my favorite top, too. You must want something. Grant was wearing a red lumberjack shirt with some blue jeans. It seemed that every time I saw him, he had more salt in his hair than pepper, but he was still attractive. You know me so well, don't you? I know you better than you know yourself. I walked fully into a small house and sat down. A wooden table sat in the middle of the floor, and weed buds were on top of it. Instead of a couch, he had four leather recliners. Two were black, one was tan, and the other was off-white. They were all banged out with smoke burns from years of abuse. Grand's house used to be the hangout spot back in the day, but lately it had changed. What can I do for you? He said, sitting in the tan recliner. I could smell weed and my stomach started to churn again. This pregnancy shit was getting on my nerves and it would be all for nothing if it wasn't Jace's baby. He made it clear that either the baby was his or I would be asked out. I need you to help me find someone in jail, Grand. And don't tell me you can't help me because I know you know everybody.
Who you want to find? The one who kidnapped me. Grant stopped what he was doing and stared up at me. Speak up, Harmony, because you asking more for me than I know how to give. Whenever Grant told me to speak up, it meant he couldn't believe what I was saying. It ain't a whole lot to it, Grant. You have access to people in jail, and I need you to access one for me. Now, can you help me or not? He looked around his grungy house and looked at me again. Who got on your bad side now that you want to raise the dead? I mean, didn't the man who kidnapped you also try and kill you? I repeat, can you help me or not? I'm not about to give you the reasons for why I want to contact him. I just need it done. What are you, 17? He laughed. You messing in a grown man's world now. I'm about to leave, I said, standing up. Wait. I turned around and said, listen, your name might be grand, but you're not my grandfather. What I need from you is what I'm asking for. I could see you touching the doorknob. Save the bullshit for someone else who will listen, I said, preparing to leave again. I said, wait, maybe we can work something out. I knew what he wanted, so I walked back over to the recliner and sat down. Then I lifted my shirt up and took it off. Grand always worked better with a pair of titties staring in his face. Last year, me, Nut, and Cherry used to come over here all the time to smoke. He let us smoke as much weed as we wanted for free. Just as long as when we did it, we sat around his living room with our shirts off. Oh no, he said slyly. I'm going to need more than that this time, little lady. Although I never fucked a grand, I had all intentions on doing whatever was necessary. Then what do you want? To suck him or something? He stood up and walked towards me. Nah, I want you to suck him first. Then I know you know what I want next. <sighs> how many pedophiles live in this neighborhood? Like, how many? Seriously, like, what? what are we talking like 50? Like 70? Like all of them? Like, how, Bob? Like, how are they all this horrible? Doing my best to read his mind, I took one of my breasts and placed a nipple in my mouth. Then I allowed my pink tongue to run over the tip. My breasts were sore from being pregnant, but I couldn't let him know. I was going to have to endure the pain. Plus, he was so attracted to me that if I did have to fuck him, I knew he wouldn't last too long anyway. What do you want with this person, he said, looking at me with lust. For now, I just need you to get me the address. I think his name is Arnold Ricaro. I paused. Once I get the information I need, your involvement in all of this will be over. It's as simple as that. When you need it. I need you to do this soon, Grand. It can't wait, I said, massaging my breast seductively. Now, can you do it for me or not? I'm tired of asking you. It depends on what you do next. There was no need in wasting time. He wanted what he wanted, just like I wanted what I wanted. All my life, I had to give people what they wanted sexually to get what I needed. So this wasn't new to me. Just boring. Five minutes later, I was riding Grant's dick in the tan recliner. He clawed at my back, and the smell of cigarettes and weed on his skin made my stomach churn once more. Grant lasted longer than I thought, and it was disgusting to feel his body, which was covered in hair, against mine. But just like that, it was over. When we were done, he said... Whoever did you wrong, you must really want them bad. Because I've been trying to get in them panties for a minute. And now I finally got them. He paused and said, I guess Khaled really fucked up, huh? Just wait till you start burning, my nigga. You gonna be the one who's fucked up. Also, how is Khaled? How are none of these niggas? 
I mean, Krayshawn is, I think. No, Paco is? She done fuck so many niggas in this book. He pulled his clothes up and grabbed a sweat towel that was sitting on the edge of the couch. Then he dabbed it all over his dark skin, leaving a few limp balls on his nose. Just do your part of the deal, Grant. Have I ever let you down? He asked me. Never. That's why I came to you. Then I won't start letting you down today. Besides, if I do what you ask me to, you might give me some more of that sweet young thing. I doubt that. Let's just do one thing at a time. I was on my way out the door when I remembered I needed some information on my father's sister. I knew she used to be around here all the time because my father and my mother grew up in the neighborhood. Grand, do you know where my father's sister lives? she ever keep in contact with anyone around here anymore? Who? Angel? I thought her name was Angela. He laughed. It's sad you don't even know your own aunt's nickname. We call her Angel. Well, do you know where she is or not? I haven't seen her since she moved to Texas. Why? Just asking. Well, I gotta go. Let me know when you get the information I need. I walked hurriedly up the street, hoping nobody would stop me about Constance, who I was sure was still slumped over in her living room. But I couldn't make it up the street without throwing up in somebody's yard. Eventually, I made it home. When I opened up my house door, two neighborhood niggas walked past me and left out the door. What was y'all doing in my house? I asked the younger one. You better ask your grandmother, the older one said, counting money. When I walked further inside, I closed my door and my mouth dropped when I saw all my shit in the living room on the floor. My grandmother must have lost her fucking mind. When I went into my room, all of her tired-ass shoes and clothes were back inside, like it was when I first moved in. Although I told her I was leaving, I knew she knew it wasn't today. Shirley, what the fuck is going on? I asked, looking for her throughout the house. I found her in the kitchen with a phone in her hand and a cigarette dangling from her mouth. The worn-out leather phone book she kept with her sat on the table and a rubber band held it together because the page were falling out. And then I remembered. she definitely have Angela's number in that thing somewhere. She had everybody's number. I was going to have to get it from up under her. The fuck you mean what the fuck's going on? That's why I never liked your ass. You too damn grown. Whatever, I said. Come over here, she said with her voice slurring. Kiss me. <laughs> I'm not fucking with you again ever. Oh, you not? She laughed. Fuck no. Well, if you don't, I might have a little information for the officer who came by today. What? I said, still mad about my shit being in the living room. That little girl was murdered, and Tripp said she saw you coming out of her house. I couldn't believe the lynch Tripp would go through to get back at me. Did she set this whole shit up? And if so, how did she know Connie would really kill herself? Now I gotta admit the truth to the cops. Unless. Unless what? She raised up, took her panties down, and sat back in her seat. Get over here. My stomach churned just thinking about what she was making me do. Again. Did you ever care about me? I cried, mad at myself for hoping she did, as if her love would make what she wanted me to do a little better. Now, or do I have to call the cops? I hated my life, more than anyone could ever wonder. Suddenly, I started to wonder, if maybe Constance didn't have the right idea after all. Nasty Shirley. Harmony. I was the sickest I had ever been after my grandmother made me have sex with her again. I was sitting in the living room, 
which, thanks to Shirley, was now my new bedroom, when someone knocked at my door. When I opened it, I saw Callie staring at me strangely. What do you want? I asked him as he walked inside. I didn't say you could come in. Well, I'm in now, and what I want is you. He had a brown paper bag in his hand and handed it to me. I thought you didn't want me to drink. The bag had my favorite bottle of vodka inside, and I thought you didn't have any more words for me. You want the bottle or not? I kept it even though I knew I shouldn't. He wanted something from me, but I didn't know what. Yeah, I said, closing the door. Why you got your face all squinted up, he continued. You too busy for me or something? He talked to himself as if no one were in the room. I'm sick of coming over here all the time for you to have a fucking attitude. Well, stop coming over here all the time then. He balled his fists up and I backed up a little. If I was Jace, you'd be all smiles, wouldn't you? Callie, I told you I want to see you no more after the last time you called. Where's Cherry? You should be worried about her instead of me. I ain't going nowhere before I'm ready, he told me, sitting in my living room on the couch. And why all your shit out here and not in your room? Callie, please get to your point. I don't feel too good. So why are you hanging out with my uncle so much lately? That's my personal business. He looked down at the floor and said, You been telling him about that kidnapping? You been telling him my business? I don't want to talk about that shit no more. Y'all got me tied up into something I really don't want to be tied up into. So you really ain't got no words for me, huh? It was like he was asking me questions he knew I'd have negative responses to. And even though I knew I shouldn't piss him off, I didn't care. Callie, I ain't got shit for you. You violated with that shit you pulled a couple weeks back. You didn't care how I felt, and I will never forgive you for it. You know what? He said, standing up. I ain't come over here about all that other bullshit. I came to see what you're going to do about my baby when it's born. Callie is sicker than I thought, and his thoughts seemed to run together. You told me I fucked a rack of dudes, and you even brought over a pint of vodka for me to drink today. So let me remind you, it ain't your fucking baby, okay? So it ain't my baby, huh? He said, frowning. You heard me. Now please get the fuck out of my house before I put you out. When I walked to the door, he took the side of his hand and hit me in the throat, crippling me momentarily. Bitch, if you can take my money, you can make time for me, he said, grabbing me by my hair. When you gonna realize that I own you, huh? There ain't a place on earth you can hide from me. I, I, I can't breathe, I whispered. One day I'm gonna put a scar on that pretty little face of yours. Then every time you look into the mirror, you gonna remember me. I was rubbing my throat so he could know I couldn't breathe, but the look in his eyes showed me he knew and didn't care. When he opened the door to leave, two cops were standing there. One of their attacks at Robbins and the other, Mendez. I shot up, brushed myself off, and leaned against the wall. Callie shifted nervously where he stood before stepping all the way back. Good morning, young lady. Good morning, sir, he said to Callie. Morning, Callie said. Is Shirley Pointer here? Uh, yes, I said, feeling faint. I rubbed my throat some more and Callie sat down on the sofa. I guess trying to look normal. I wanted to tell the cops about the kidnapped girl. Then maybe they'd lock him up so he could finally leave me alone. But what if they were here for me? Shirley said they came for me the other day, asking questions about Constance. Before I could think more into it, Shirley walked to the door. Good morning. What can I do for you?
We have some information about the kidnapped girl and your son. Callie seemed nervous and adjusted in a seat. And what is it? We found her body along with your son's in his car. They fell into an embankment in Virginia and died instantly. We're just letting you know that the case is closed. You're telling me... You're telling me that my only surviving child is dead? Yes. And also that he was responsible for the kidnap and murder of the little girl from Nally Elementary. When I looked at Callie, he smiled. He said all this shit in emotion and I knew the truth. But the cops evidently didn't. He was more dangerous than I could have ever imagined. Well, we just wanted to let you know, since we came here to question you about him the other day. The other day? What do you mean the other day? You came here the other day? I said with a sore throat. Yes, we did. Shirley lied to me about the reason the cops was here to get me to have sex with her again. Their visit had nothing to do with me. They were here for Charles. Well, have a good day, ma'am, one of them said. We're sorry about your loss, the other said before they walked away. I closed the door behind them. Shirley, I thought you said the cops came for me that day. The day Constance was found dead, I said, following her into the kitchen. She said, my son just died. And you come to me about some bitch who committed suicide. For the first time ever, I saw her cry. Well, fuck your friend and fuck you. She was crying as she walked into her room. I was filled with rage, hate, and confusion. My life was so fucked up and I didn't know the first thing to do to get things to change. She didn't care about me. Jace didn't care about me. And I wasn't even sure if I cared about myself. Callie walked up to me and said, Don't worry. Just like I took care of Charles for you and that girl for Jace, I got you with your grandmother too. No! Just stay away from me! He laughed and walked out of the door. Maybe mine. Jace. My party was tomorrow night and I wasn't even feeling it. Ever since Harmony came over, I felt like I should be doing more for her. If it was true that she was pregnant and that the kid was mine, she would probably lose it without my help. When I walked into my house, with Kevin followed behind me, I saw my crew in the kitchen. I just got back from the mansion you rented for the party. We wanted to make sure everything was good with security, Sean said. So was it? I asked, grabbing a beer. Man, you should see how many niggas Rick got surrounding that place, Sean said. It's got to be at least 20 motherfuckers easy. So, yeah, you just had a dude at the hospital try and, you know, rip your dick off um, before he got grabbed up by two unarmed security guards. Let's throw a birthday party. Why not? Yeah, your pop's not fucking around, Callie added, especially after that shit at the clinic. After I found out the work Callie put into the missing girl, I had a new respect for him. He not only got the heat off of us, he put it on to someone else who deserved it. A convicted pedophile. If only I could find out what happened to Herb Dale in Sixth Sense. That nigga probably killed him. Like, what are we talking about here? It's whatever to me. Just as long as shit goes smoothly, I said. I feel you, Callie added. So what's up with Herb Dale and Sick? Anybody hear anything yet? I asked. Nah, man. They mothers ain't heard nothing from me either, Sean said. I think at this point, the worst is what it is. Them niggas probably bailed out, Callie said. I never trusted either of them. Yeah, they did. Me and Sean looked at each other. This nigga lived in a delusional world. 
How was Connie's funeral? I asked Crayshawn. Sorry I couldn't go, man. Had some shit to take care of in New York. I know. It was what it was, he said. Still can't believe Shoddy offed herself like that. Me either. When my phone rang, my maid answered it. Hello? Yes, sir. He's right here. Jace, it's your father. I got out of my seat and grabbed the phone. Jace, something terrible's happened. What? Massive set a bomb off of my house and my entire crew was dead. Nigga, what? Like, how? People, how? Is this happening? Like, what? What? The whole crew? Yep, everybody you met when you were here, except for Leo Lips. He was in on it with Massive. My entire team's been murdered. I knew I didn't like him when I met him. I paused, angry I didn't go in my gut and tell him. Are you okay? Yeah, I just gotta start all over. I mean, yeah, because he blew up your fucking house. He set a fucking bomb off in your house, bro. I'm sure your house is fucking ruined. Like, just gone. Yeah, just got to start over. I'm thinking about getting out of town for now, he sighed. Well, I'm counting on you more now than ever. I have to lay low. For whatever reason, he wants my blood and everyone who's involved with me. You killed his daughter, Rick. I said, growing angrier by Master's wrath. I know, son. But it was business, not pleasure. So are you ready to officially become a man? Rick said to me on the phone. That was his way of saying happy birthday. I thought you said I was already a man. In my book, you are. But I started helping my father out with the family business at 12. So you're starting pretty late. Better late than never. I paused. One asked him a personal question. Is everything okay, Jace? You sound out of it. He laughed. I know I laid quite a bit on you today, but I still want to make sure you're fine. I was surprised he even noticed something in my voice, so I decided to take advantage. I looked at my crew and said, let me wrap the Rick real quick. It's private. When they were gone, I said, Dad, I got to ask you something. You could talk to me about anything. What is it? I mean, I, I mean, can you... Well, is it possible to say it, son? Is it possible to get somebody pregnant if you ain't bust? If you ain't bust, he repeated. Yeah, if you ain't bust inside him, you know, while fucking. Why? Do you think you got somebody pregnant? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I fucked this chick, but I ain't really. I paused. For some reason, it was hard to me to just say it to him. I ain't come. I got it. Well, Rick paused and cleared his throat. <clears> you can still get her pregnant by the pre-cum, although it's somewhat unlikely. But I wasn't there, though, so I can't really be sure. The best way to find out, really, is to get it tested when it's born. Okay, well, thanks, Rick. Not a problem. He laughed. <laughs> be careful tomorrow, Jace. After the fire at my house and then him getting away after the doctor's office, I know he won't stop. I know, but I'll be okay. You gonna be able to make it? Nah, I can't get away. I have a few meetings in LA, and then there's this high roller poker game I'm going to in Atlantic City. I could count the time on my hands I've seen him for my birthday. And I guess I could add another year to the list.
It's cool. He was always putting poker games before me. The story of my life. Or, you know, he's just trying to make sure that you and him ain't in the same house at the same time. In a place where Massive can find him and kill both y'all at the same time. But remember, be careful, Jace. I got you. I'll hit you when it's time to discuss business. Hit or miss. Harmony. Grand had gotten in contact with the kidnapper, who was hesitant to talk to me at first, until I told him where Massive, who I found out was his boss, could locate Jace. And that was at his party. I gave him the address of his house, which I knew he'd have a harder time catching him, and the address to his mansion. Wait, what? Wow. She told Massive's dude where they could find Jace at. Wow. Oh my God, that just struck me. After the collect call ended, he sounded too happy to give the information to his boss. I also asked him would he have hurt me if given the chance, and he said it's best to let sleeping dogs lie. So I dropped it, knowing what that meant. Lastly, I found my Aunt Angela's number in Texas from Shirley's phone book. She wasn't too happy to hear from me at first, saying the rooms in her two-bedroom apartment were filled with her two children. She claimed she barely had enough money from welfare to feed them and her boyfriend, so taking it someone else is out of the question. I tried telling her that I wasn't going to have to stay long, and that it would be just until I could find a place of my own, but she still wasn't having it. But when I told her I had a little money to give her for rent, which I didn't have yet, miraculously a room became available. Bitches kill me. Before I left, Paco called me telling me he was sorry about how he acted in the car. And to tell you the truth, I was glad I got the call. I was broke and needed some money and dick before I left D.C. So if he could help me with both before I left, I'd be very grateful. I was meeting Paco at a Burger King and was there for 10 minutes when I saw him walk in with Ebony. The fuck was she doing here? To make matters worse, I had on the earrings I'd stolen from her at her party and didn't have enough time to take them off. When they got inside, they both looked around and sat in the seat directly in front of me. I didn't know what was going on, but I knew whatever it was, it wouldn't be too nice. So you fucking Paco too? I said. Bitch, I'm asking the questions. I laughed. So you did steal my earrings after all, huh? She said. Then she reached over and snatched one of them out of my ear. Ow! I could feel my blood trickle down my neck. I touched my ear to see how much of my ear was ripped, but it didn't seem to be too bad. However, the pain was crazy. You want me to take the other one out too? Or you want to give me my shit back? I took the other earring out and handed it to her. Paco didn't say anything. Just stared at me wildly and I knew I was in danger. He said he would hand me over to whoever wanted to kill me. Why the fuck would you go see him then? Like why the fuck would you be so fucking stupid? Why would you be so stupid? Like I don't care what these niggas have said to you. So far nobody's been able to actually be of assistance to you at any point in your life so why would you be so silly as to believe that these niggas actually were looking out for you i don't get it and i don't appreciate the writer writing this like this girl is stupid she seems like she should be more street smart than this at this juncture she seemed like she knew more about the streets when she was five than she does now to be honest I got up and was about to run out when her and Paco stood up and blocked me. It was a setup. How could I be so stupid? Sit down, bitch, he told me. 
What's this about, Paco? I asked him, looking between both of them. You said you weren't mad at me anymore. Bitch, you burned half a DC, Paco laughed. You thought I was going to let you get away with that shit? So what y'all going to do now? Jump me or something? I laughed. You wish, he said. Look outside. When I looked outside, I saw Trip, Melanie, and five other girls standing outside the door with closed fists, and I knew they were all waiting on me. Some of the girls I knew. Most of them I didn't, but I was sure I fucked one of their boyfriends at one time in my life, and they probably caught something because of it. Some of their men I fucked for money. Most I fucked just because. Still, I knew I couldn't go outside because they'd kill me. So I scanned my surroundings quickly and saw a white man by the counter with a security uniform on and said, Help! They trying to rob me! What? Paco said. He and Ebony looked at the man and then back at me. The fuck you talking about? Ain't nobody trying to rob your ass. If anything, you the one who robbed me by stealing my earrings, Ebony added. What's going on over here? The man said, walking up to us. I was relieved. Don't listen to this bitch. She lying, Ebony said. Then why is blood all over her face? She snatched my earrings out of my ear and he tried to rob me for my money, I interjected. The security guard's friends I didn't see came from nowhere and grabbed Paco and Ebony. The man who approached first took the earrings from Ebony and put them in my hand, and I saw the mob outside run away. I had gotten away and knew more than ever that DC was not for me. Those are my earrings, Ebony yelled while being detained. I want my shit back. If they're really yours, you could take her to court, the guard said. The guard offered to drop me off at Grant's house. I wanted to be around somebody who wasn't always judging me. I would normally go to Nut and Cherry's, but they seemed out of it after Cherry got cut. People said they were fucking with crack and that Callie was supplying them, and I didn't want to believe it. But every time I called, they sounded out of it, and I was starting to believe it was true. When I got to Grant's house, I could smell a weed in the air and knew he was getting high. And since I was still having morning sickness, the smell was making me sick. Who is it? He screamed from inside of his door. It's me, Grant. Open up. Who the fuck is me? He yelled. I heard his footsteps approaching the door until he finally opened it. It wasn't long before a devious smile spread across his face. Well, hello there. I walked inside and sat down in the tan recliner. I'm not fucking you again, Grand. so get that nasty-ass shit out your mind right now. He laughed, closed the door and said, I knew good luck wouldn't strike my old ass twice. It sure doesn't. I saw a bottle of vodka on the table and poured me a glass. I was glad he didn't give me the blues like everyone else did when I drank while pregnant. On second thought, maybe he didn't know I was pregnant. I just wanted to say bye, Grand. I'm leaving for Texas tomorrow. So you're really doing it, he said, sitting in the black recliner. I told you, ain't nothing in D.C. for me no more. What about Jace? I thought you two would get married when the time was right. He put shit in perspective for me the other day. As long as he thinks I'm a whore, I'll forever be a whore. And who wants to marry a person like that? I said, forcing my pain deeply into the pit of my stomach. It hurts much to hear and understand the truth. That I had messed up my chances with the one person I really loved. He took another pull off his weed and said, So when are you going to tell me what you wanted with that jailbird? The one who kidnapped you? It's best you don't know. You know that nephew of mine stepped to me and told me to stay away from you the other day? He laughed. That boy's fucked up in the head and he don't even know it. I never told Grand about the things Callie did to me. Mainly because I was too embarrassed. Are you fucking him or something? 
Not anymore. That explains everything. Hey, Grand, why why is Callie, you know, so violent? Did something happen to him when he was younger? That boy was doomed from the day he was born, he said, firing up another joint. My sister didn't just get high with him. She stayed high with him. When she was with his father, Rufus, Callie at least ate two squares. But when Rufus got clean off the drugs and she wasn't, he left both of them. Whenever she got high, she'd leave Callie with whoever had a floor. But when she wouldn't come back to him for days at a time, people got hip to her shit and wouldn't let Khalid stay at their houses anymore. So she started leaving him in this abandoned one-bedroom apartment she lived in. But she had two dogs in that place too, and they were just as hungry as Khalid. Dogs? Why? She figured the dogs would keep people from coming in. She didn't care that her son was in there alone with them. He said, shaking his head. If my trifling ass sister Bernie brought Khalid food and left him in the house with those hungry dogs by himself, they'd fight him for it and would eventually take it from him. Look at his body. He's got bruises all over from dog bites. I remember the dog marks from when we took a shower together. Damn. This went on for days at a time until one day she came home after being gone for a month and both of the dogs were dead. But one of them, one of them, Grand paused. What? Spit it out. The boy ate one of them to survive. Grand, please tell me you lying. I wish I was, Harmony, but I couldn't play with nothing like that even if I tried. Callie's life was way worse than I could ever imagine, and as long as he stayed away from me, I didn't care. What happened to his mother? I don't know. People saying she moved out of state. Some people say he killed her. No one ever really found out. I shook my head and said, he is really fucked up. More than you can imagine. I kicked it with Graham for a few minutes and went back to my house. When I got home, my grandmother was in the living room on the phone. Most of the things I was taking were neatly organized and stacked against the side of the wall. It reminded me of my decision to go. Look, talk to this damn teacher and tell her you were lying about what you said. She'd been calling my damn house every day threatening to have folks come over here because of you. I rolled my eyes, got on the phone and said, yes. Harmony? Yes. I repeated with an attitude. Harmony, I understand you'll be leaving to stay with your aunt in Texas soon. Is this right? I looked at Shirley and said, yeah, so what? Well, what are you going to do about an education? You don't even have your diploma. There are schools out there, you know, I said, as if I had intention on going to any of them. I'm enrolling there. Why don't I believe you? I don't know, Miss Duncan. Harmony, if you don't go to school, how are you going to support your baby? She persisted. You need an education. Who told you I was pregnant? I said, already knowing it was Shirley's ass. That doesn't matter, Harmony. But I hate seeing young black women go down the road you're traveling. And if you need help, if you are sexually abused, then we can help you. I thought you were sending somebody to come over here to question my grandmother and her son. Shirley stomped around in place. What happened to that? I was told your uncle died and they believe he's the one who hurt you. People find it hard to believe that your grandmother could be so cold. This is why kids don't tell the truth. Nobody believes them. I hung up in that bitch's face. You so fucking pathetic, Big Shirley said. That's a damn shame. She continued getting some gin. 
You really told people about what goes on in my damn house, and I want you out tonight. Shirley, come on now. I'm your granddaughter, I said. Let me stay until tomorrow, and I'll be out of here for good, I promise. She frowned and said, and you better tell them friends of yours to stop calling my damn house. Shirley, considering what you've done to me, and considering how you throw all my shit out of my bedroom and into the living room, I should be able to have anybody call that I want. When are you moving again? Tomorrow, I said. Good, she said, walking to the back of the house. Can you at least tell me who called, I asked, other than my teacher? Jace, she said, been in the corner. Jace, I said, running behind her. What What did he say? I know answering service, girl. Call him back. I quickly ran to the phone, but when I did, it rang. It was Shirley's friend Lola from up the street. Lola, can Shirley call you back? I was about to make a call. Nah, she asked me to get a number for her, and I have it. Need to talk to her now. Someone owes her some money. Lola, I gotta make a call. Can I ever call you right? I know damn well you ain't about to redirect one of my calls, Shirley said from behind me, going for the phone. I rolled my eyes and said, I'm just trying to call Jace. It'll be, bitch, give me my phone, she said, pushing me away. Shirley was very strong when angry, even though she was old. I didn't give her shit, and the next thing I know, we were tussling for the phone. If Jace called me and couldn't get in contact with me, how did I know he would call back? I was leaving tomorrow, and chances are he would think I was dodging his calls. No, I had to talk to him, and I had to talk to him now. When Shirley had the phone in her hand and was about to walk away, I kicked her in her back and she fell. I knew it was fucked up that I kicked my grandmother, but I didn't give a fuck. Bitch, you gonna wish you didn't put your hands on me, she said from the floor. I put my foot on you, bitch. Get it right. Fuck it, day. I want you out of my house tonight. She was right. We hated each other too much to last another night in here. See, I done fucked this line up like four times, and I thought it was me, but it literally says we hated each other too much to last another night in here alone together. What? Someone was going to die, and it wouldn't be me. I gave all I was willing to give and didn't have anything left. She and her daughter took my father. Then I watched my mother murdered. I could still taste her blood on my lips. Then I lived in secrecy as my uncle and grandmother raped me for years of my life. I started to hate people, especially women, because all of them seemed to hate me. I just wanted to use a phone, Shirley, I said, placing it back on the hook to get a dial tone. The moment I did, it rang again. Hello? Did you get my message? Jace asked. His voice sounded soothing, and I wanted him to hold me. I decided after all the drama I was in, if he gave me another chance, I'd be serious about him, and I'd never cheat on him again. Jace? Yeah, what you doing tonight? He asked. Nothing. I'm trying to see you. Okay, I smiled. Can you come get me? I'm going to send Kevin to pick you up. Bring some overnight clothes, too. I looked at my stuff on the floor and decided to take my most important shit. I knew Shirley wasn't letting me back in the house for nothing else, and I didn't want to come back. I'll see you soon, I said with a big-ass smile on my face. Good, because we got to talk about you. And us. Us? Yeah. If you really are carrying my baby, I'm ready to be serious about you. When I got off the phone with Jace, I was lifted. This is the one thing I realized I always wanted. A family. With the father for my baby, like I had before my father was murdered and taken from me. And now, there was a possibility of having a family again. But what about the call I put in? I had to get in contact with Grand now. 
Maybe it wasn't too late to stop the hit. The only thing is, his party's today. 916-633-1537. Wretched and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. You can leave a review on Spotify. It takes like 13 seconds. You can also leave a review on uh, Podchaser. Copy and paste that in the Apple Podcasts. And then copy and paste that into the Good Pods app. You can donate to the show at patreon.com slash single simulcast. One dollar will get you a ton of content. Uh, you can also donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast or on the Good Pods app. You can leave a tip in the tip jar. Thank you so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. I'm going to you later. Peace. and outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know by now that you slipped.